Good morning, everyone. How are you doing today? I hope your weekend is going great. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Morning with Love in Action on the Joy FM. I appreciate you joining me this morning as we continue our series on the armor of God. I hope you have been enjoying this series and gaining some knowledge from it as we've talked about each individual piece of the armor of God and how to apply it and what it means. Today we're going to talk about the power of prayer and supplication in the Spirit and how that goes along with the armor of God. And then next week we will wrap the series up by actually looking at a piece of the armor from the Old Testament. But before we get into all of that, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we come to you today just thankful. We're so thankful for you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being our Father and pouring out your grace and your mercy upon us each and every day. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your son, Jesus, the salvation that you freely give us. Jesus, you purchased that salvation on the cross, and we thank you for dying for us. And we thank you, God, on the third day, you raised Jesus back to life to give all who believe eternal life. And I'm praying for those this morning who are listening and they haven't made that decision yet. I pray today is their day that they will call out to you, Jesus, and just give their lives to you and just say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me. Save me. Be my Lord and Savior. And just give their lives to you, God. I pray today is their day that they make that decision. I pray for each believer who's listening this morning. Father, I pray for encouragement for each one. I pray for boldness for each one to share your word, your gospel with others, to share their testimonies with others, to be the light, to let your light shine through each one of us, Lord. And I pray, Father God, for those who are sick this morning. I pray for your healing upon their bodies. God, those who are struggling with different things, I pray they will look to you for everything, whether it's health, relationship issues, finances, whatever it is, I pray they'll turn to you and surrender everything to you and trust you to work all things out. Father, we just give you this time and ask you to bless it, ask that you be glorified. Holy Spirit, teach us, guide us, lead us into all truths, and may we be doers of your word and not hearers only. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our key text for the full armor of God of course, comes from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And let's start out this morning by reading Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20. And this is the Apostle Paul writing. He writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. To stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, 
that the words may be given to me and open in my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an, an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So here we have the Apostle Paul giving us the armor of God as God gives it to him. And after list, listing the six traditional pieces of the Roman armor, again, as I've mentioned throughout the series, Paul was held under house arrest for a couple of years by the Romans, so he became well acquainted with their weapons. And then at some point, God gave this illustration, this analogy of using those weapons and turn them into spiritual weapons for, for us, for believers, for followers of Christ. And the apostle Paul, after listing those six traditional pieces of armor, he urges his readers to be praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. So how does this advice about praying always tie in with the lessons we are to learn from the armor of God, which we have been talking about for the past nine weeks? Prayer is very important, part of our day-to-day lives. But how often do we associate it with the armor of God? Probably not too often, but as it turns out, it is one of the most vital parts, and we're going to see that today. Now, the first part of today's message is basically a review of an earlier message in this series where we talked about the power of prayer and supplication, but we're going to expand it by looking at who and what we should be praying about. But a review is always important. You know, the more we hear things, the more we're going to remember it. So let's jump right in about praying always. Sometimes that's a phrase that once people read in the Bible, their first thought is, how do I pray always? How can I carry on life and have conversations with other people and do other things in life if I'm constantly praying? Well, the Bible's not telling us to every second of each day to be praying. Here's what we're talking about. Let's get into that. Praying always. God's armor is comprehensive. And in this series, we have spent time examining it and We've learned ideas behind it. We've learned its purpose and how to apply each piece. And it is an absolutely essential part of surviving and winning our battle against Satan. So the armor is extremely important, but we have to have prayer to go along with it because right on the heels of this description of the armor of God, Paul adds that we should be praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And that's in verse 18. So is there any significance to this appearing immediately after listing God's armor? You bet it is, or it wouldn't be in there, right? Barnes notes on the Bible comments that no matter how complete the armor, no matter how skilled we may be in the science of war, no matter how courageous we may be, we may be certain that without prayer, we shall be defeated. God alone can give the victory. And when the Christian soldier goes forth armed completely for the spiritual conflict, if he looks to God by prayer, he may be sure of a triumph. If we equip ourselves with God's armor, we must also be determined to keep steady line of communication with him. He is our commander in chief after all, right? He is the commander of his army and he alone knows how to lead us to victory. So when we go into battle, we better listen to our commander in chief. And God is our commander-in-chief, so we need to be talking with him. And part of prayer is also listening. We have to remember we have to listen. I always say God gives us two ears and one mouth. So we need to pray, we need to talk to God, but we need to listen to God as well. And 
if we equip ourselves that way, we can be guaranteed we're going to win each and every one of these spiritual battles. So praying always, that thing about praying always, how can we do it? Well, let's look at some scripture. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And he told them, and this is Jesus, a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose hope. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the righteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Luke wrote that Jesus gave the above parable to teach that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. So it serves as a good starting point for understanding what praying always means. Jesus is telling us, don't lose heart. Go to the Father in prayer. Trust him, obey him, and listen to him. He's not going to do you wrong. You see, this this widow that Jesus was talking about in this parable, her her quest for justice, she, she just never gave up in seeking help from an unjust judge. In her quest for victory, she kept asking, kept asking, kept asking. And the judge finally said, okay, I'm going to give, I'm going to give her justice. In our quest for victory, we must never give up in seeking help from our perfect God. The command to pray always, this is important to understand, is not to say that we must be in a continuous, unceasing dialogue with God every second of every day. Rather, we must develop a connection to God. We have to connect to him. And it's one that is maintained through regular prayer. That's how we stay connected with him. We also stay connected with God through consistent Bible study, daily Bible reading, and a godly lifestyle. And when we do all of that, that allows us to instantly come before our God in prayer in times of distress and need. So we need to combine those things, that regular prayer, Bible study, a godly lifestyle. Then when the time comes, we're ready to pray to God. We're ready to seek his face about whatever the situation is. So prayer is important. Praying always is important. Staying in a mindset of prayer. I know I I say a lot of small prayers each and every day. They may not be 10, 15, 20, 30, 60 minutes long. They may be 10 seconds long, some one minute long. You know, just whatever's going on, I will stop and I will say a prayer. A lot of times it's silently because God knows my thoughts. I pray and I ask him for help in different situations, or I thank him for different things. Prayer doesn't always have to be in a time of of need. We need to thank God always, uh, each and every day. So praying always. And then Paul writes about supplication. So what is supplication? Let's go to the scripture for answers. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Paul writes, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Let your requests be made known to God. Now, the Greek word translated supplication in both Ephesians 6, 18, from our key text today, and here in Philippians 4, 6, is transliterated as desis. 
and in the strong concordance it shows that that means a petition or a special request of God. So we're making a petition. We're making a special request to God about whatever we are praying to him about. We're making supplication that way by making a petition, by making these requests made known to God. And these are a special request. It's not something maybe we pray every day, but something comes up in our lives or in a loved one's life, or maybe at, at your church you're praying for somebody or you're praying for for a need in this country. Whatever that need is, whatever that prayer is, you're going before God and you're making this special request, this petition, and you continually go before him with it. So what role does the Holy Spirit play in a Christian's prayer life? Have you ever thought about that? He has a role to play in our prayer life. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. The Apostle Paul is writing here again, and he writes, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We don't always know what to pray, do we? I was praying the other day, and and I'll be open with it, praying for some people who we reach out to often through love and action who just don't seem to care, just don't seem to, to understand that salvation is the most important thing in life. And I was telling God, I, I've prayed for them, and I, I don't know what else to pray for, but I know I need to keep praying for them because God hasn't given up on them, and so I'm not going to give up on them either. But sometimes you just reach that point, I don't know what else to pray And so I just had to let the Holy Spirit just take over that prayer and pray for these individuals who I pray will come to Christ because everyone needs to come to Christ because eternity is real. Eternity matters. And we're going to spend it in either heaven or hell. And if we receive Christ now, we live for Christ here on earth, we're going to be with him forever. And that's why we preach the gospel. That's why we proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, because it's just too important not to. And since we don't always know how to pray as we should, if we have the Spirit in us and led by that same Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, Paul says that the Spirit will make intercession for us. This means that although we don't always know exactly what we should be praying, God knows our hearts by living in us. And that's John 17, 23. So no matter how clumsy our prayers are, have you ever prayed and thought, God, that just made no sense to me whatsoever. You know what? God understands. And the reason why he understands is because he is in us. He knows our hearts and he knows what we're trying to say. So no matter how jumbled or confusing our prayers are, God will always know what we are trying to say through his Holy Spirit working in us, he has that intimate knowledge of our hearts and our minds. So he understands us and he will always work things out for the best in the long run. And that's in Romans eight twenty eight. So now the question is, who or what should we be praying about? Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 13. The disciples of Jesus ask him to teach them, teach them how to pray. And so Jesus says, and starting in verse 9 in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, he says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now some translations will add, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This was one of the first things I learned out of the Bible. The first scripture I learned out of the Bible was the Lord's Prayer, because we prayed it often in sports back in the day. <laughs> I remember in high school playing basketball on our JV team, or our coach, before we went out of the locker room to hit the court to play the game, he would gather us all together, and we'd say the Lord's Prayer together. So this is why I say this is one of the first pieces of scripture I ever learned. And it's important because Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And it's become known as the Lord's Prayer. Jesus lays out this framework for praying to God. Now, it's not a a strict, inflexible format that we have to pray this way every single time. But it's an excellent checklist of things we need to take time to pray about. We should always be telling God that you are holy. Hallowed be your name. You are holy, God. And we should always be praying about his will be done in our lives. You know, I don't want my will to be done. I want his will to be done in my life. So that's something that's important to pray about. It's important to ask God to, to take care of our needs, to meet our needs. It's important to ask him to forgive us. And we need to make sure we're forgiving others so we can be forgiven. And it's important to ask God to deliver us from Satan, from all of his attacks. So Jesus gives us a model right here. And, of course, since he gave it to us, it's an awesome model to learn and to pray. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Then Luke chapter 21, verse 36 Jesus says, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Along with praying for others, it is vital to also pray for ourselves. Our lives are filled with reminders that we can't make it on our own. And and we have to understand that. I finally learned that. It took me a while, but I finally learned that. And once I did, Man, life became so much better. I can't do things in my own power. I have to have God. And so it's important for me to pray for myself. It's important for you to pray for yourself, as well as praying for others, of course. We need to always be praying for others, whether they're family members, friends, colleagues, brothers and sisters on the other side of the world we don't even know, but we know they're persecuted. We need to pray for them. We need to pray for the lost, that they will come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. It would be inconceivable to refrain from asking God for the help that we so desperately need. We need help. Let's go to God and ask him to help us. God stands ready to provide all of us with the strength, wisdom, and courage we need to stand against our enemy. As we read about in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, the armor of God. Because we see that it's a battle. And we know it's a battle. It's a spiritual battle. But God wants us to come to him first and ask him for that strength and wisdom and courage. The question is, will we do it? Are we better? We need to. Let's go to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. 
He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. This is Jesus praying before the crucifixion. And he prayed fervently before his crucifixion. And and we see he was asking God, if it's your will that this cup can pass from me, please let it. But then he said, but it's not my will, it's your will. So it's okay to go to God and say, God, would it be okay for for this to happen? But not my will, your will be done. Yeah, I've prayed that before. I remember years ago, and I'm talking back in the 90s, I remember looking at some jobs in other parts of the country, and some jobs looked really, really good. And I thought, man, if I could just get that job, things would, would really be better. And I prayed to God about it. And I told him how well this job looked to me. But then I said, not your will, not my will, God, but your will be done. I don't want to be outside your will. So whatever you want, let it happen. And those jobs didn't come to pass. And there was a couple of them. It was really strange how they didn't come to pass. And it's only, only God changed those situations so I wouldn't move. Because if I'd moved, I never would have been part of love and action. And God had a plan. And so that's why it's important to pray for his will to be done. We know what we think we know what's best for us, but God knows exactly what we need, when we need it, how we need it. He knows what's best for us. So it's okay to put those prayer requests out to him. It's okay to pray about different things like that. But always remember to pray, God, I truly want your will to be done, not mine. So if this isn't in your will, I don't want it. I want your will. And he, he always works things out for us. And he certainly has in my life, no doubt about it. I'm so thankful that I didn't get those jobs all those years ago that I prayed about. <laughs> God knows best. So Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20, as we read earlier, let, let's read those verses again. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul is praying for himself, he's saying, or he's asking for prayer for himself. He's saying, look, I'm I'm an apostle. I'm a teacher of God's word, and I want to make sure I'm saying the right things. Speak boldly. I, I, I need to speak boldly, so I need prayer. Please pray for me. So please pray for all ministers of the gospel, all those who are in leadership in the kingdom of God, who preach and teach his word, who are have that gift of evangelism. And I always remind you, this, that we are all evangelists because we're all called to go and tell people about Jesus and make disciples. But there are people who have a gifting in evangelism, and that's one of my gifts is evangelism. So we need to pray for people who are teaching, preaching the gospel, the word of God, because the bulk of the work falls on, on those leaders. And we are as human as anyone else. We're prone to make mistakes as anybody else is prone to make mistakes. We're subject to exhaustion, sickness, headache, 
we too can at times and will fall short of the high mark God has set for us. We also face difficult trials. I mean, look at Paul. He spent so much time in prison for obeying God. And many challenges come up and decisions in doing God's work. There's a lot of decisions to be made each and every day. And Paul was particularly concerned that God would continue to give him the courage, opportunities, and clarity to boldly preach God's truth, even at the risk of suffering and death, which we know he he was a martyr. He did die for the gospel. As in this case, we should be sure to keep God's servants in our prayers. Pray for your pastor. Pray for me. I need prayer. I love it when people say, Ken, I've been praying for you because, oh, that, that just makes me feel so good to know that people are praying for me. And I, and I know people are because you can, you can just feel, you can feel those prayers and those times when, when, when I'm tired and, but, but there's still things I need to get done for the kingdom of God. And, and those prayers, God just uses them to energize us and we can keep on keeping on. So it's important to pray for your pastors and for those who are teachers of the word word of God. And we need to pray not only for the leaders, but for everybody, all the saints of God, all believers, all followers of Jesus. We need to keep each other lifted up all the time because you know what? We're in this battle together. It's not just the pastor. It's not just the teacher of the word. It's not just the evangelist. It's each and every one of us, no matter if you hold a leadership position or not, you're important in the kingdom of God. And so I need to be praying for you, and you need to be praying for others. We all need to be lifting each other up in prayer. It's just too important not to. And prayer, as we've been talking about today, and I hope you can see, is the most effective way we can support each other, care for each other, and fulfill the God-inspired command given to us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, which reads, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. Let's pray for one another. How often do you pray? Well, some people ask that, how often should I pray? Well, we see we need to be praying always, right? And throughout the Bible, we see repeated examples of people who prayed regularly. We know Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer. We know that Daniel, an Israelite who was taken captive in Babylon, he made sure to pray three times a day. We see that in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. The author of Psalms 119 appears to have prayed seven times each day. Now, there's no set number on how many times a day we should pray. So don't think, well, okay, if I'll be like Daniel and I pray three times a day. Or I'll be like the psalmist and pray seven times a day. What is important is that we need to be going to, to the Father often in prayer. And we should make sure that we give adequate time to prayer, to make time, to spend time with God in prayer on a regular basis. And if you don't already, set aside a time each day to talk to God, time to talk to your Creator, your Father. And if we fail to establish a steady, well-founded relationship with God, we will not be in proper mindset to be praying always, nor Will we be in the proper mindset to win our spiritual battle? So let's pray. Let's be people of prayer and make sure we take time to pray to God. It's good. You can do it in the morning, for example. As soon as I wake up, I start praying to God. 
and it's a quick prayer because I'm, you know, my, my mind's still a little cloudy from sleeping, <laughs> but I, I make sure to acknowledge him as soon as I wake up. And then throughout the day, just have those prayers, you know, ch- change your internal conversation from talking to yourself to talking to God. And at night, it's a good time as we end our day to thank him for what he did that day and any needs that had come up, pray for those as well. So let's be people of prayer. Next week, we're going to talk about the cloak of zeal, and that's going to end this series. And you might think the cloak of zeal, that's not in Ephesians chapter 6, and you would be correct. The, The cloak of zeal does not come from Paul's list about the armor of God. It's actually found in Isaiah, and it is indeed a very important part of our armor. So the cloak of zeal will conclude this series on the armor of God next week. And until then, I hope you have an excellent week. Remember that God loves you so much. And I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.